Hi, you're listening to the Food Adventures Podcast Season 3, and I'm your host, Beth Fuller. This is a podcast dedicated to all things food, from culinary sleuthing to recipe ideas and interviews with people who are passionate about food and delicious adventures. So join me here on Fridays to explore the world through the lens of food, and together we can share some laughs, conversation, and I welcome you at my table always. So if you're ready, let's jump into our next food adventure together right now. Hey everyone, you're listening to the Food Adventures Podcast, season three, what? And I'm your host, Beth Fuller. I can't believe it's season three. If you're new, if you're new to the podcast, welcome, welcome. You have a lot of catching up to do. No, no pressure, no pressure. You've been here through all the seasons. Well, I love you and thank you for listening to me every week chattering away. And you know what I'm going to say, don't take notes. I've taken all of your notes, so head on over to my website for everything, elizabethrfuller.com. And while you're there, take in that amazing food, product, and lifestyle photography. It's what I do for a living. So if you need photos, I'm your gal. Hit me up. If you've got questions for the podcast, if you want to be on the podcast, if you need culinary sleuthing of any 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 kind i'm your gal send me an email let's go on a food adventure at gmail.com and of course tag me in all of your food adventures on instagram at let's go on a food adventure all right you guys let's do this let's go on a food adventure hey everyone i can't believe it's the holidays can you believe it's the holidays i can't believe it's the holidays i can't i can't it, I can't believe that Thanksgiving was just a couple of weeks ago. Like, it feels like that happened. Part of me feels like it happened yesterday, and another part of me feels like it was like a month ago. Um, I just, I can't believe how quickly everything is just flying this year. How's everyone out there? You guys all ready? Are you planning? Are you plotting? Are you scheming? Are you crying? Are you drinking eggnog lattes? What is going on? I'm good. Um, I won't even talk about the weather. You know, I love a good weather moment and the top of every episode. I probably say it every single time. I will say it is fucking cold today. Like it is, as I'm recording, I had to crank up the heat because I am a Bethsicle. I am so cold. My nose is cold. My fingertips are cold. I am freezing, freezing. I'm holding a hot cup of coffee right now as we're talking. Um, and just trying to be cozy, trying to be cozy, trying to stay warm, trying to plan my holiday menu. I'm very excited. I'm hosting, um, oh, I think I'm only hosting one thing during the holiday season. And then I get to attend a handful, which I'm so thrilled with. I've already got my holiday cookie recipes picked out for, um, my mom, myself and my sweet cousin, are going to do a fun holiday bake, which I can't wait, can't wait. And most of the recipes are from this year's New York Times cooking cookie list, which pff, I get wicked excited every year when that comes out. So that's pretty awesome. Um, one thing I did discover, if anyone is into this or needs like a little like cup of holiday cheer. So I have 
as most of you, well, maybe you don't know. Maybe you do know. I don't know. I have an espresso, um, the original one maker. So with like the little original um, espresso pods for the Nespresso. And the other thing I have is the milk frother. If you are in need of a milk frother, I've said this many, many times here on the podcast. I've preached it many, many times to people who have asked me about this. You have to get the Nespresso milk frother. It is worth every single penny. It will froth literally anything. It would froth water. Like this thing froths. It, it, it becomes this beautiful, like cloud-like froth, uh, non-fat milk, almond milk, oat milk, soy milk, whole fat milk. Like the only thing it will not do if your milk is slightly not expired, but like at the tail end of its life cycle, it, the, the froth is not nearly as good. And that's when you know, like I would probably pitch that within a day or two, um, Okay, so I make, oh, it's so good, it's so good. I make an espresso for like a latte or like a cappuccino or something. And then I put the milk in the frother. I add in, let's say maybe like a tablespoon of low-fat hood eggnog. It's my favorite. And then I add in like the non-fat milk that I use in my froth. Waz it up. It's so good. It's like the most subtle touch of holidayness. Oh my God. It's so, so, so good. Highly recommend it. If you're not doing it, please get on board. It's not a full-blown like dessert coffee drink. It's just like a whisper of eggnog in your, a whisper of the holidays in your warm coffee beverage. Oh, delicious, delicious. Okay, now before we get into this week's episode, um, and I'll explain what that is in a moment. Can we just take a second to talk about TV, my other favorite subject? Uh, is everyone watching uh, on Max Julia season two? I hope so. I hope so. My dear friend Christine Tobin um, is the food stylist for the entire show. She's utterly amazing and has styled so many TV shows and movies. And she's a genius, a genius. Um. But she, the the work that went behind the scenes on this season, I mean, any food-centric TV movie or show or whatever is, uh, it would blow your mind. But she is just bringing Julia Child's food back to life. I bow down to her. She's a goddess. Amazing. Amazing. So you should watch that show if you're not. Um, not food-related. Gilded Age, again, on Max. This season is so good. It's so, so, so good. So um, I would talk about it, but I don't want to give any spoilers. And plus, I don't know if that interests anyone. And I will not tell you about anything about The Amazing Race, because that is another obsession of mine, or The Real Housewives of um, Beverly Hills in Miami. I know, I know, I know I watch all of this crap. Um, so one thing I do want to touch on, and I'm a little peeved about it, is The Great British Bake Off. Uh, can we just say Why? I like I liked all the the finalists, all well and good. I did think Tasha should have been in there instead of Dan. Not gonna lie, but whatever. That's my own opinion. And all wonderful bakers. But why didn't Josh win? <laughs> like, I know it's not like a cumulative. Uh, 
I don't think so. Decision. I, I think it's like isolated to that single chunk of time when they're baking that last finale. But like, I still think Josh should have won. Like no tea, no shade to Maddie, but like, I don't know. I just felt like Josh was <laughs> the better baker, especially throughout the entire season. Um, okay. So let me, let me get off that high horse. Oh, my other new obsession right now, if you find them, persimmons are really starting to have a moment in the produce, uh, season. They're always around in the holidays, but like right now I would say is a really good time to eat them. Think of them. There's two kinds of persimmons. The one you probably want to, they're more easily readily available and like uh, you they're more palatable I think is the to eat raw let me just say that to eat raw I believe it's pronounced fuyu it's f-u-y-u they are delicious so you want to just make sure they're like bright 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 orange and not smushy um, you want them to kind of have that feeling of like a really ripe tomato but not overly ripe um, and you peel the skin off and then you slice them and use them. I'm just, I'm falling so deeply in love with persimmons. Use them where you would use, say like a mango, I think is a really good, they don't taste like a mango, but when they're really ripe, they just have a beautiful, sweet kind of florally flavor. Um, and think of them in dishes that you might have mango in, like if it's a salad or a relish, like last night, I made, um, real simple some slow roasted salmon, which is the only way I make it. Salmon, 250 degrees, put whatever you want on top of that salmon, plop it in the oven, and that's it. And then just leave it. When you start seeing the white album, album, I think that's how you pronounce it, on the sides of the salmon, it's done. Pull it out. That's like done to like medium-ish. If you want to go further, you can go a little further. The way that the fat melts in the salmon is so good. You can't fuck this up. You can't over, I mean, you could overcook it, but like it gives such a nice little grace period to when you're cooking it to like when it goes from like, oh, I think it's done to, oh shit, I overcooked it. Um, there's just a little more grease to that time frame as well as like, it doesn't, it's just, it's the, it's the most perfect melt in your mouth salmon. You can put whatever you want on top of it. So I made this like soyaki kind of glaze for the top of it. Then baked that in the oven, made some brown rice. And I took persimmon, um, pomelo. I love pomelo. We're not in winter citrus season yet. So they're not totally like most amazing flavor ever right at the, this time. I was just craving them. So I got one. Um, Mint cilantro, uh, hot Fresno chili. Uh, I think I put in some white balsamic, olive oil, salt and pepper. That might have been it and tossed it up. And then I plated just the rice, the salmon, and then this. Oh, and cucumber. I used um, Persian cucumbers. Slice that up and then just tossed all that together and then just topped the salmon with the cucumbery, persimmony, pomelo-y salad. And it was Oh, good. It was so good. So good. Um, so persimmons, the, the fuyu persimmons, use them in place of mango. They'll be delicious right now. Okay. This week's episode. So this week's episode, I kind of wanted to dedicate to the holidays and just talk a little bit about 
some maybe like boosts of confidence for if you're hosting this year um, and give you some like really fun gift ideas too for anyone out there who uh, you know loves being in the kitchen or loves cooking or wants to is inspired to do more or looking to upgrade something in their kitchen. Um, so, okay, without further ado, let's get going. Okay, so up first, up first, let's talk about some hosting, not do's and don'ts, but just like some insights, some some cooking insights as well. And um, maybe they'll be helpful, maybe they won't be, but I'm here to help you help yourself have a holiday, a stress less, more relaxing, enjoyable holiday season. So let's, let's try this. Okay, so did you know that the average person who's hosting something, whether it be a holiday event, I mean, any kind of event, at least, and I'm, I'm being very honest with this, at least three things go wrong every time. Whether it's you forget stuff at the grocery store, you, you forgot to make dessert, you overcook something, something's oversalted, something got burnt, you broke a glass, you didn't set the table right, like whatever, whatever could get, can go wrong, Murphy's Law does go wrong. But at least three things go wrong. And the reason I'm saying this is because you're not alone. Like you, you might feel like you're, on, you're isolated on your little own lonely island of despair and sadness while trying to host a holiday event. You're not. You're not. We are all in this together. So I kind of put together a list of not thing. well, I guess things that can go wrong as well as maybe some like tips afterwards of like, how to alleviate a little less little yeah to alleviate stress too in addition to like correcting some of these things that can go wrong so the first one I have is under is undercooking stuff like say you've undercooked a, a protein in some way um, whether it's searing in a, on the stovetop or something in the oven and you pull it out and you think it's done and then you, you're about to serve it and you're like, oh no, this isn't done. Put it back in the oven, put it back on the stovetop, get your guests a little more water, start serving the salad, serve, put other things out. If, if you're like, you're already sitting at the table and you realize this, then I would start serving almost like instead of doing like you were going to serve family style and now you switch it to serving it kind of course by course a little bit, or at least the first course, turn it into a course, whether it's salads, um, more snacks, like just get people food, get them drinks. Does anyone need a cocktail? Like how can I give you more wine? Um, you can also, this might sound cheesy, but you can also do like a quick little holiday game, whether it's singing the 12 days of Christmas, whether it's doing like two truths and a lie or two lies and a truth, whatever. I think it's two truths and a lie. Like stall, stall for time <laughs> and try to get the food, the protein, whatever it is up to temperature and cooked. That's what I would do if I'm being honest. Um, if, and, and people, they're very understanding. No one wants to get food poisoning and especially not during the holidays because you don't know where the next bathroom is that you can run to. So 
I think everyone will understand. Say you overcook something. So if you've overcooked something, let's say it's a protein, depending on how badly this is overcooked, I wouldn't say you could, air quotes, save it, but I will say you can make it easier and more enjoyable to eat by adding a little bit of fat to it. Like say like you drizzle a little bit of olive oil or some other flavored oil or something on top of whatever the protein is. Um, <clears throat> if you have a little bit of stock in your fridge, heat that up really quick and then like you can either brush it on or you can add it like a jus sort of to the top of whatever the protein is that you've cooked. Um, like a sauce. A sauce will help when people are eating it go a long way. If it's vegetables and they've turned to mush, you could, I mean, think on your feet here, you could turn them into like fritters, I guess, and like maybe mush them up more, add an egg, add some breadcrumbs, <clears throat> maybe even roll them in panko or something and then deep fry those little suckers. <laughs> add some some seasoning to them deep fry them pull them out another sauce <laughs> a dip of some kind to go with said new vegetable fritters um I think would go a long way say you've over salted the dish and you eat you take up you're tasting it before it goes to the um the table and you're like oh no this is so salty holy shit I oh this is not good if it's like a super stew, you can add in, okay, you can add in like a washed cut peeled potato. And I would probably do, depending on how big the potato is, maybe slice it, wash it, peel it, and then slice it down half, like down the long way. So most of the potato is exposed. Put that in the super stew for a sauce for um, a few minutes, kind of let it do its thing, pull, and then taste it. If it needs a little more time, you can leave the potato in if you don't have a lot of extra time after that. Or say that like what's over salted is a protein or something like that where obviously you can't stick a potato in it. So you can add in a dash of some kind of acid, whether it's like lemon, lime, a vinegar of some kind um, and keep tasting your food as you're going. And that should help bring the like salinity down in the food and neutralize it a little bit. All right. So another one that I think is kind of common is, I don't know if it's common, common, but when you're making a big meal, sometimes it's hard to judge when to pull things out of the oven and when to put things back in and um, so food sometimes can get cold and then people put things on the table and they think everyone's going to sit down and all of a sudden one thing leads to another and then nobody sits yet and then the food's getting cold and, you know, somebody's yelling at somebody else and you're like, oh my God, the fucking food's dying. Um, 250 degree oven is a great way. 225 degree oven, as low as your oven will go, creates it almost like a hot boxy warmer. I would keep the food in the oven if you can, without overcooking it for a not super long period of time, but a little bit of time. Um, and then you don't have to always put the food out before people sit down, like get people their drinks, get people everything they need, get them to sit. But say you've already done that and now the food's getting cold. I would, again, turn the oven back up, <clears throat> get the food back in the oven. And this is when you stall and you play a game, play a holiday game. I can't stress to you enough how uh, 
much time and just the 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 beat of just people laughing and singing and playing a silly game or get to know you thing or whatever it is even though yours totally stressed out will help alleviate um maybe a little bit of your stress because if you're calm and relaxed everyone around you will be calm and relaxed like you as the host are kind of setting the tone and like the energy and the vibe of the event so Let's try to get you calmed down a little bit and then everything will go great. All right. Say you forgot things. Uh, say you forgot, which happens all the time. Like say you made this amazing meal and then you're like, holy shit, I forgot dessert. Like I forgot, I forgot dessert or I forgot whatever it might be. If you're like me, I have a decent stocked pantry. Probably I have a bigger stocked pantry than most people. Let's just put it that way. Maybe not. Maybe not. I don't know. I'm just judging from what I've seen. Um, so when I forget something, I always have, like you say, I forget dessert. I always have fruit. I have cheese. I have some kind of like chocolates in the cabinet hidden somewhere. Like there's always something I can put out at the end. So this kind of goes to my my next chunk of list talking points on this topic is Having a well-stocked pantry, like when you're hosting something, the best thing you can do when you have the time to plan, plan ahead, plan your lists, pick the recipes, pick recipes that you are very comfortable with making. This is not a time to swing for the fences and try something new. In my personal opinion, can you try new things? Absolutely. Most of the time when I try new things, they don't always go, especially if it's a real te new technique for me or if it's something I have never, ever, ever, ever made before. They don't always go well the first time around. I, it, it, sometimes they do, yes. And I feel like I've won the lottery when they do go really well the first time around. But sometimes it takes like two or three times of making something to be comfortable with doing the technique. Like, for example, there is no way in hell I would make a beef wellington or something like that for the holiday, for anyone, for anyone, regardless of the holidays, if I've never made one before. There are so many things that can go wrong, and that is such a technical, technically tough dish to make. Um, so I would pick recipes that you feel really comfortable with. I would ask for help. Task, and I've said this before on many other episodes, task people with doing things, whether it's like, Someone helping you clean your house, uh, vacuuming, fucking emptying the coat closet before people arrive. You know what I mean? Like anything. If you don't want help with cooking, fine, whatever. But get help like with other things. Asking for help is not showing you are weak or can't do this. Like, please, please, please. People want to help you. At least everyone in my circle when I hang out with them and when I host and when I go to places that other people are hosting everyone wants to help in some way. No one wants to stand there and make small talk with a bunch of people they hardly know uh, for hours on end. People like being tasked with things so then they can get away from the small talk that they're making and go and do something and escape for a moment and then come back and enjoy the small talk. Like I'm being honest. So task people with things. Um, okay, pick up extra toilet paper. If you haven't already and you're hosting, Pick up extra toilet paper. You never know. Pick up extra paper towels. You never know. 
Um, and this is when I was going to say to the, when I talked about this at the top was stock your pantry. The best thing you can do is have extra snacks on hand, have extra sweets on hand. And then if something really goes wrong, you've got a few little extra bites you can throw at people. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've went, people have come over, I host something, something goes wrong and I'm like, let's just open a bag of freaking like Tostitos and like people are fine and some dip. People are fine for half an hour snacking and drinking and doing whatever. And then we can move on to, you know, whatever I can deal with the crisis in the kitchen and then I can start serving. I'm not saying you have to have Tostitos, but Tostitos go a long way. And plus they don't really go bad. That and, oh my God, the um, lesser evil popcorn. I love having popcorn on hand. I have popcorn on hand at all times because there is not a bad time for popcorn. And the cheesy air quotes, because I think it's like vegan cheese, lesser evil popcorn is so effing good with coconut oil. <laughs> so good. That and like some kind of like spice mixed nuts or I always have olives in the fridge. I like to snack. I'm a snacker. I'm a snacker. So those are some of my, I mean, I can keep going. Um, you know, you don't have to always make everything homemade. I've said that a million times. I can keep going, but like, those are kind of like the fundamentalese of hosting, in my opinion. And like, hopefully it makes it a little easier for you in the long run. And maybe it'll inspire you if you don't like to host. Maybe this inspires you to host. Start small. You don't need to have 40 people over. Have three. And then you're a foursome. Okay, let's move to the next topic at hand. Now, I was... <laughs> I was going to do this all on its own. Well, no, I was going to group, sorry, I was going to group it together with the other thing I wanted to talk about, but I was like, I think it needs its own music moment because it's kind of lengthy. So strap in because we're going to talk about cookbooks you should give away for the holidays. Oh, I love cookbooks. I love giving cookbooks. I love sitting and reading cookbooks. I love shooting cookbooks. I love watching people conceptualize cookbooks. I love watching people style cookbooks. I love every single thing about a cookbook, um, a really well done cookbook. I really truly appreciate the time and effort that goes into creating one and um, now shooting them and being a part of the team that helps Get, bring the vision to life of the author and the publishing company. It's um, it's humbling and it's it's incredibly gratifying to, and and it makes me way more appreciative when I sit down and, and read a good cookbook. So I think they make incredible gifts, and there's so many wonderful ones that came out this year. I'm only gonna scratch the surface with a handful of these, but um. I highly recommend them for your list if people in your life love cooking or love just thumbing through a beautiful book. And it's a wonderful way to support the people like myself who create them as well as the authors who dream them up. So without further ado, and I've mentioned many cookbooks this year, and this is just adding to the list. So it doesn't take away from the other cookbooks that came out this year that I have mentioned. I love them all. This is like picking a favorite child. I am just giving you more to think about. And I will add them all in the show notes as well as others that I have mentioned. So this is not in no particular order. 
Um, okay, up first is Evergreen Vietnamese by Andrea Nugent. This one's like a very plant-forward cookbook, and it has like very bold flavors, obviously Vietnamese influence. Andrea's written many cookbooks. This one was really interesting because it is so plant-forward. Okay, okay. So up next, Flavors in Us by uh, Rana Bissonette Martinez. I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong. Okay, she's such a little powerhouse. Um, and I don't mean little. I mean, just she was the, if you don't recognize her name, you should. But if you don't, no problem. She was the second place finisher on season one of Top Chef, Top Chef Junior. Jesus, say that three times fast. Um, <clears throat> and this cookbook is kind of like a globally inspired cookbook. Um, it teaches a little, some cooking techniques, but it's really to help kind of build confidence in your culinary skills. And she's extremely joyful and optimistic about the future and who she is. And the it's very much reflected in this cookbook. And it's just so sweet. So um, love that. Okay, this, <laughs> I, I love this next author. Let's Eat. The book is called Let's Eat by Dan Pelosi. If you don't follow him on Insta or social, you're missing out. If you do his handle, or maybe you do and you don't realize it, his handle is Grossy Pelosi. Um, this cookbook's such a good time. He's such a good time. This cookbook is such a good time. It's it's funny. It's um, uh, inspiring. It's it's just wonderful. He's such a wonderful human in this cookbook. Really does embody who he is. Um, a lot of really yummy Italian American forward recipes. Highly recommend it. Can't can't talk bad about that guy. I absolutely love it. You go, girl. Love, love, love him. Love him. Follow him on social too. Um, okay, next one is Pulp by Abra Burnens. Um, this cookbook's so interesting because it's about fruit. It's about really cooking fruit um, in very practical. It's a, like a practical guide on how to cook fruit. And it's not sweet. It's done in a savory way. And it's just really interesting, beautifully shot, beautifully styled, just very, 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 very yummy. Okay, A Splash of Soy by Laura Lee. This book is fabulous because it's very weeknight friendly. Um it's also pretty and tasty, and it uses tons of pantry staples. So you're able to get a dinner on the table really quickly with limited ingredients, and there's not a ton, a ton, a ton of prep or cooking involved. There is cooking, but it's not aggressive. Um, it's not like you're you're making, you're pulling out every appliance or anything, you know what I mean? Like out of the shelves in your kitchen and then having to clean all that crap up. It's really straightforward. Very good. Okay. The next cookbook, I love this chick so much. The cookbook's called Start Here and the author is none other than Sola El Vueli. She is a New York Times alum. She's a Bon Appetit alum. She has She's hosted the big brunch uh, that was created by Dan Levy. She is, that's on Max. She, I think, also has a TV show or a show that she is um, hosting and producing, I think, on the History Channel. It's, she's amazing. She's amazing. Okay, this cookbook, though, is a cookbook that, say, 
you really want to learn about cooking. Uh, you don't want to go to culinary school and pay for that because that shit's expensive. You don't want to stage or not stage, but you don't want to like work in the restaurant industry as a prep cook and work your way up. You just want to, you just want to learn more about cooking. Um, this is what this cookbook is for. It's really to learn more fundamentals to to just be a better cook in your kitchen and to understand your kitchen and why you're cooking and the ingredients you're using and the techniques and it's a really beautifully uh approachable book that's not that you're going to learn a lot from um it's beautifully shot she's absolutely amazing we love her so support her okay next one is veg dash table by nick sharma uh, this book, again, if you're really hungry for knowledge and want to learn how to cook vegetables beautifully, this cookbook is absolutely for you. Up next, I love him. He's such another amazing human that's doing such great freaking things in this world. It's the uh, World Central Kitchen Cookbook by Jose Andreas. If you don't know what the World Central Kitchen is, please, please, please take, I'll link it in the show notes. Take some time, look them up. They are everywhere that people need them. They are helping feed millions of people around the world in horrible situations like what's happening um, in Gaza, like what's happening in the Ukraine. They were in Hawaii. They're everywhere. They're everywhere they need to be. They are, if you're looking to give this this holiday season to, they are a wonderful organization to give to. Um, this cookbook is extremely special because it's telling stories. Each recipe is just a really beautiful story in addition to it being a delicious dish. Um, and you know that the proceeds are going to a wonderful organization when you buy this book and also just celebrating different cultures around the world. So Love him. Love that book. Um, okay. We need a couple of sweet books. How about A Hundred Morning Treats? Mm-hmm. I like this book because it is very straightforward, easy bakes. I also like this book because the title has the word treat in it. And I indulge in um, consume many of them daily. So I was like, this book needs to make the list. Um, Is it the most crazy special book you've ever owned? No, but is it delicious? Yes. Are the pictures pretty? Sure. Like, you know what I mean? It's good. She's good. Make the book. Make Get the book. Make the treats. Who doesn't like a treat? Uh, This one, I got to say, Snacking Bakes by, oh, I didn't say who the other book was by. The other book was by Sarah Kiefer. Okay. But Snacking Bakes by Yossi Arti. This book was so genius. I can't, I can't thank them enough for creating this book. So smart. So, so, so smart. And here's why. Because everything in this book, you can eat when you make it. There's no need to like chill shit for fucking two days or a day and a half. Like... There's no need to overcomplicate any of this. Genius. And that everything is made to snack on. Again, who doesn't like snacks? I love snacks. I love snacks. I love snacking. I like anything to do with snacks. So sign me up. And last but not least, I needed a really fun drink book. And this woman, 
another goddess out there in the world doing amazing things. Okay. Juke Joints, Jazz Clubs, and Juice by Tony Tipton Martin. Whew. It's an amazing book. It's an amazing book. The thing I love about this book is it goes back like 200 years and really just celebrates like from the beginning of the fermentation process of the brewing, you know, making homemade cordials and then through to like punches and batch drinks and then highlighting black caterers and food uh, businesses and then into the 18th century with just the jazz clubs and speakeasies and private clubs. It just, the drinks are amazing. The stories are amazing. Tony's amazing. So if you're looking for a really fun cocktail book, this is yours. And buy it. Celebrate her. Celebrate some amazing cocktails and uh, play some really freaking good jazz music while you're doing it. Like, why not? All right. On to part B. Okay, I do this one every year. So part B of my holiday gifting is stuff. We are going to talk about stuff, kitchen stuff, to help those culinary lovers in your life who need some fun kitchen things. Maybe it's an upgrade. Maybe it's saving the environment one Ziploc bag at a time and not using them. Maybe it, well, let's just get into it. Let's chat. Let's chat. Okay, so first and foremost, I'm a huge, huge, huge advocate for shopping small, buying local, supporting local artisans. So please do that. Do that. And your dollar, you know where it's going. It goes a long way. We love everyone local. So let's do that. In addition to all of those gifts, <laughs> I have a list. I've made a list of what, and I do this every year, and a lot of them are overlaps, but <clears throat> I have, she has a list, a list of gifts that I recommend. And if you want to spend, some are, some are stupidly expensive, but very worth it. Some are not. And um, yeah, so let's, let's start. Uh, knife covers. If you have someone in your life who has really nice kitchen knives, buy the cut and don't have, and they don't have the sleeves for them, knife sleeves, they're cheap. We're talking like eight or nine bucks. They protect those expensive knives. Don't hang them on a wall if they're expensive. Put them in a knife little sleeve and I will link them in the show notes. Speaking of knives, knives. I love kitchen knives. Who doesn't love a kitchen knife? Beautifully sharpened, gorgeous handles. Love the weight. Love a good paring knife. Love a good chef's knife. I'm an eight inch chef's knife kind of gal. If you like them smaller, great. If you like them bigger, great. There's a knife out there for everyone. Um, a tomato knife, a bread knife. Oh, the knives. The knives, I could go on and on. A uh, slicer, a dicer. No, I'm kidding. But a brand of knives that I really like, and they're local here in Massachusetts, is called Lamsom, L-A-M-S-O-N knives. They are beautiful, beautiful Um the handles are gorgeous. The weight of them is gorgeous. Like I said, they're made here in Massachusetts. So I like that. I will link them in the show notes. Highly recommend them. Okay. Speaking of plastic bags, I mentioned that at the top. I love a stasher's bag. Do I still use Ziplocs occasionally? Yes. Yes. Do you know you could rinse a Ziploc if like there's not like, I mean, say it's like holding something dry or it was 
let's just go with something dry or like bananas or like something that's not gross, like raw meat or something. I rinse them out and I let them air dry inside out and I will reuse a Ziploc because I feel bad about buying them in the first place. Stasher's bags, I love. I love, I love the big ones. I love the medium sized ones. Don't really use the small ones. Um, they're amazing. They're worth the money. They last way longer than other brands. Easy to clean. Love them. Don't stain as badly as other brands. Um, love them. Speaking of storage things, the if you need Tupperware, I have such a love-hate relationship with Tupperware. There's certain things that I love that my Tupperware needs to do. And I'm going to tell you them. It needs to stack because I don't have, I mean, I have a ton of space in my kitchen, but not anymore because I filled it with a bunch of shit. So the Tupperware needs to stack. It needs to not be smelly. It needs to be BPA free. It needs to not stain. And it needs to be, uh, I do like a clear one. And it needs to just fit well in the fridge. The rubber made crystal clear stain resistant Tupperware. She's hard plastic. She's long lasting and she is not stinky. Let me tell you, this was such a game changer this year for me because yours truly did the glass Tupperware route. That shit was fucking, it looked pretty, but it was heavy. It did not stack well. It fucking chipped and it broke. And I tried many brands. Sorry, not my thing. The other versions of Tupperware have stained. They got cloudy. They didn't look right. Uh, 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 uh. This one, I'm telling you, it's worth the money. I will link it in the show notes. Okay. Another thing that I love, a microplane. We've talked about this many times on here. They're good for zesting. They're great for cheese shredding. They are great for <laughs> nutmegging. <laughs> you get like a fresh thing of nutmeg. They're just the, I, I zest a lot, I guess. I love my microplane. So here's the thing with microplane. They get dull over time. I use one almost every day. Not like an obscene amount, but like a couple of like squish, 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 you know, like getting some zest off. That's the sound of zest coming off of a lemon or a lime. But you know what I'm saying? Anyway, over time, I've kept one for, I don't know, 15 years, maybe 10 years. And this summer we rented a house in upstate New York and I accidentally left it there. And, um, I like to say I donated it to the rental. <sighs> I came home. I was sad, but then I bought a new one. Let me tell you, not so sad. That thing was sharp as hell. I had no idea how dull my microplane was until I got a new one. So if you've had one for a long time, get yourself a new one. Another thing I love, a pizza steel. I will link it in the show notes. Don't get a pizza stone. There was a fad going around in the late 90s, early 2000s, mid 2000s of the pizza stone. Don't do it. Don't bother. You want the pizza steel. And here's why. It works a million times better than a pizza stone. It heats things up really, really, really hot and gets them really, really, really crispy and works every single time. Every single time. We love a pizza steel. And I'll link it again in the show notes. Okay. Hmm, let's see other ones. Oh, yeah. This one's not as expensive. Nordic wear sheet pants. Let me say that again for you. Nordic wear sheet pants. They are my favorite sheet pants. They are great. You want 
quarter sheet pans. You want half sheet pans. You want the, I mean, to me, quarter sheet pans are like the greatest thing ever. A half sheet pan is what is normally was, is going to normally fit in an, in a standard home oven. A full sheet pan is what goes in commercial grade ovens. Um, and they make even like an eighth of a sheet pan too, which is like the smallest, smallest version of other than the quarter. So good. So good. Love them. Buy more. All right. Uh, I'm trying to think what else is not as expensive. I'm going through my list really quick. Oh, immersion blender. Love an immersion blender. Do you have an immersion blender? If you don't, it's a great little guy that I use all the time for like soups. If I'm not taking them out of the pot, um, I use it for dressings. Uh, what else do I use an immersion blender for? You know what I use it for? Um, uh, I get natural peanut butter, so you know it separates. I stick that damn thing in the peanut butter jar and uh, not so separated anymore. And it works really, really well. And then you're not like slopping it everywhere because there's nothing worse than like sticking the spoon in the peanut butter and trying to mix it around. And it's like on the top, on the sides. You're like, I just wasted $5 in peanut butter on the kitchen counter. Um... I mean, I'm going to say it again, I will, I will die on this hill, a fucking kitchen scale. They're so inexpensive. Why don't you have one? Please get one. Okay. So now let's get into slightly um, more expensive items. If you need a nonstick pan, uh, I like, there's three brands that I like. Green pans, they're ceramic. So ceramic coated that, that I like. That you cannot get rip roaring hot. It will ruin the pan. So you're cooking things. And I would say this is true with most nonstick pans. You're cooking things on like medium heat at most. Um, and it works well. Works great. Ceramic is the way to go, I think, personally. But whatever. Uh, the brand Maiden and the other brand is Our Place. The Always Pan. All of those are great. The Our Place one is pretty. So if you want a pretty pan, I think the, they're all pretty in their own ways. I'm not going to, no tea, no shade, but they come in uh, pretty colors. I think the green pan comes in some really pretty colors too. And I like Maiden as well. I think all three are great and they're um, usually have some good sales. So keep your eye out for that. Those are, those are good. Then we move into some more expensive guys. Um, oh, and one other thing I really recommend, and it's a local company that I, I do shoot for and I love them two pieces. Andrew Pierce, they are out of Vermont. They um, have exquisite bowls and boards, wooden, beautiful, beautiful cherry, dark walnut, just beautiful maple, beautiful pieces. Go on their website. I'll link it in the show notes. Highly, highly recommend them. Support them. We love them. Okay. Some slightly more expensive items, but I think are so worth it. Uh, Vitamix. You need a blender, you got some coin, get a Vitamix. I have had mine forever. I got a refurbished one. It's going on like probably 15 years I've had this sucker. Love, love my Vitamix. Use it all the time. Um, a, a La Crusette or Staub, I think both make beautiful, beautiful cookware. If it's a very special gift, highly recommended. It. It's something that when you take care of it will last your entire life and you could pass it down. KitchenAid mixer, again, another thing that will last you a lifetime. Fun colors. There is no other mixer out there for me. 
it is a KitchenAid or none at all. But it's always KitchenAid. Um, some of my favorite KitchenAid attachments. Good question. Say you have one and you want some fun attachments. The paddle attachment that has the rubber spatula on the side. Love. Inexpensive. Any pasta attachment. <laughs> there is so many from the sheeters to um, they made a new attachment, newish, that um, is an extruder that has different like the pasta types you can put on the bottom of the extruder. There are noodles, different types of pasta noodles. Um, and then there is this new one. I don't know how new it is, but new to me. It is the kitchen scale and sifter. Oh, it goes on the end and like it has the kitchen scale built into it as well as the you put the shit in, measure it out, and then it will churn it and slowly sift it and flick it into the bowl so no more messes. Put that on my wish list. So if my better half Todd is listening, you know I want one. Um, okay. Uh, food processor from Cuisinart. Get the heavy bottom one. I believe it's called die cut. Oh, so good. So good. It works. You, I mean, every, I use it. I probably take mine out every week and use it at least once a week in a recipe or cooking or batching something or don't want to chop something. Love my, love my food processor. She's an old standby. I love her. I love her. I'm trying to think what else, if I had anything else that was not too expensive. Oh, last but not least, last but not least, I would say a really good pair of kitchen scissors. So there you have it. I could keep going, but I just, I want to leave you, leave you at that. We've been together now for a hot minute. So let's cue the, the ending music, shall we? And there you have it. You asking, you shall receive. So I hope this gives you guys a little bit of culinary confidence uh, during this holiday season. And if you have some last minute gifts you need to buy, I'm sure you can get a lot of these things at a local retailer or quick shipping on a larger retailer site. Um, and I love you. I love you all. So thank you so much for listening and being here. If you've got questions for the podcast, you can send me an email at let's go on a food adventure at gmail.com. Go to my website for everything, elizabethrfuller.com. And of course, follow me on Instagram at let's go on a food adventure. You guys, happy, happy, happy holidays. I'm going to try to get one more episode out before the end of the year. If I don't, well, I love you. If I do, then great. Either way, make some yummy food together. Lead with kindness. And I will see you very soon on a Friday. Bye.